Hey everyone, thank you again for joining me on this podcast. Not sure what episode this is going to be, but this is going to be a part of the caregiver series. Uh, and I think week by week, episode by episode, I'm hoping my voice is becoming more clear and com- concise. That's one of many of my insecurities that I'm trying to get over with and trying to overcome in that sense as as I uh, proceed on with this. And uh, and it doesn't help that I recently got a bridge installed into my uh, into the front of my teeth, uh, the the upper layer of my um, of my mouth, and so in that sense, for years I've had one tooth that was always protruding out. I think it's because of my underbite, and so in uh, every time I went to get it checked out, got an X-ray, doctor says, "Well, it's stable momentarily." So. Um, that's been years up until recently. I got it checked again, and that protruding tooth uh, has increasingly been getting more loose, and it was notice noticeably been getting more loose because I can, um, you know, I could feel it, <laughs> and it's like every time it I try to bite on something, it's very sensitive and moves around, and then. Uh, gets tender, uh, so that was a telltale sign that it was gonna need to be extracted or removed um, as soon as possible. So, and also that um, I was getting um, some blood loss, or it was starting to bleed from that particular area of my mouth where the protruding tooth was. So, about a couple of weeks ago, I went to the dentist and they agreed with my assessment and. And saying that the tooth needed to be extracted and and also um, they gave me the options of what to do to replace that tooth. And so realistically, I guess in order to look natural, uh, the bridge was the better option. It was either that or an implant. An implant, it's more costly and it takes more time as well. While the, the bridge, it was done that day, so... I got two things out of the way. I got my tooth extract. I got my gums cleaned out because it was on the verge of a of a <coughs> of a yeah. It was on the verge of a of a of gum disease in that sense where it, it bleeds out. And so and so the dentists were able were able to um to. Um, not only extract my tooth, but to clean out the gum areas and also probably the way they did it, they probably had to um, drill it out in that sense or whatever tool they used they had to yeah, just kind of uh, do what they could just just to keep the disease from spreading in that sense. And that's what they did. And it could, took a couple hours and... Um, they got it to where the, the the bridge is no longer. Well, I don't want to say no longer, but the bridge is where it it um it's to a point where I could I can um have a natural bite if that makes sense. I mean, I still have my underbite, but um, my 
my bridge doesn't um it doesn't um connect with my bottom teeth if that makes sense because if if it did it would it would uh, prevent me from being able to close my mouth clo- uh fully and um it will be a difficult time for me just to you know just have um be able to eat with it and bite down with it in that sense and so I'll, and so I mentioned this because I'm still getting used to it um my tongue naturally wants to um move around and and it notices that the bridge is there and and it can't help itself because every time I have to enunciate or anything like that get words out, my tongue has to touch the roof of my the roof of my mouth. And part of the bridge is um kinda extended out on on to where it does touch the roof of my mouth and it's kinda extended out a bit. And so and it's it can kinda makes my uh speech uh slurred in a sense. And it sounds like I might have a lisp. And so so forgive me if uh if this particular podcast is might might seem bothersome or harsh to your ears because of the uh, because of my speech, so I apologize. So, but as I said in the beginning, this is going to be a part of the caregiver series, and what I want to talk about is um, is caregiver caregiver burnout. Uh, so I came across an article that was um, that caught my attention, and and I thought the points that was mentioned on it was very valid, and I just want to share it with you um, what what it entails, and then my give my thoughts about it. And so, in my case, um, I do experience burnout, <sighs> even if I um, take um, the cautionary steps every day to preserve myself, if that makes sense, to focus on self-care and, and not only physically but mentally as well. Um, there's always, um, at some points of a caregiver's uh, um, um, duration or, or season that they might experience um, a, a period of burnout or two. And so... Uh, real quickly, I'll go through the list because I think they have eight points, and I'll just go through it real quickly. And as usual, I'm trying to make this as short as possible. And so, um, the first point being, caregivers may have unrealistic expectations of how their role will impact their loved one's happiness. Um, more detail added to that is that um, many caregivers expect their involvement to have a positive effect on the health and happiness of the patient. This may be unrealistic for patients suffering from a progressive disease such as Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. And that's, I believe that's true, you know. So um, for me personally, it's um, coming into this, I never kind of, I never had any expectations of knowing that um, my father's happiness um, um, is heavily dependent of how, how well I, I take care of him, because either way, his depression's there. There, regardless, it was always there before I took on this role, and 
And it's um, realistically, it's it's going to be something that's prevalent in his um, for for the remainder of his life as long as he has this disease. So, and then that's just like I had to realize that at, at an early stage that I can't put too much stock in uh, upon his emotional happiness as if it correlates to the amount of care or how good my care could be for him. Because either way, um, it's just, there's still times where his depression gets the best of him, no matter how well I may um, look after him and and then um, clean up after him. Whatever whatever the task needs to be done, it's just that no matter what, it's just um. um the patient <clears throat> will feel how they feel at the end of the day. So, yeah. Uh, number two, a lack of a support system may contribute to caregiver burnout. Additional note to that is that um, your coping skills and support system support system can also play a huge role in whether you experience burnout. Researchers find that caregivers have a higher self-effectancy um, the belief in one's own ability to complete tasks and, and reach goals tended to have the least likelihood of burnout. And so, and I do have to mention that um, um, I'm, since I'm the primary caregiver, I don't have anybody else that can help unless... Um, I have to take a day off for whatever reason. The nursing, the nursing agency that I work with will send an aide to look after my father. But I've been reluctant in doing that. Um, um, in my case, meaning, um, I took it upon myself just to be, um, be here full time pretty much with my father. And so, because in the past I did have a full-time job and I had to leave the house to to work. And then during the day, uh, I had a caregiver that was here with my father um, for a certain amount of time. Uh reason why um, I'm not doing that now is because in the past, and this is not a knock on any of the past CNAs or home health aides that have come to look after my father it's just that there's the the obvious obstacle between communication between the home aide and this the the home health aide the CNA or whoever it may be and my father is that there's a language barrier my father's English is very limited therefore it's if there's no effective communication or no basic understanding of communication, then um, what's the likelihood that um, his needs will be fully taken care of in that sense? And so that's probably the main reason why I've, why I've, I've uh, um, um, you know, continuing to, to be his full-time caregiver. Um, and so in that sense, uh, so as far as the adequate uh, support system, uh, I feel like it's been lacking 
um, in the sense that my dad has has family around here, and it's not to out anybody out, but I think that um, they may not have a clue how severe um, his condition is in that sense. Uh, I visit with um, um, his his immediate kin. Um, those were um, those are closely related to him. That uh, I visit with him um, many occasions to say, "Hey, it'd be, it'd be nice to just come visit. If it's just for five minutes, you don't live that far, and you know, so it just takes some time out of the day." And so to do so, you know, because it will break the monotony of us of us just being me and him, you know. So, and I would run to my dad's old friends too, and so I would say the same thing. I would just say, "If you have time, you be nice. You just come by the house and just visit with him, you know." So and and as I said, it's been it's been lacking and. And but it doesn't stop me from want still wanting to reach out on behalf of my father. I'm trying to do my best to bridge the communications between family members and his <clears throat> his side of the family and old friends that I run into that haven't seen them in a long time. You know, so uh, so yeah, um, I think that's real important. So. Yeah, for caregivers to have adequate support system around them. And so, um, a third point might be, that goes on, uh, I'm trying to speed it along because I know I've been a little long-winded. But but the third point is uh, caregivers may neglect their own health and well-being, which can lead to burnout. So, very obvious um, obvious point. Um, very straightforward on that point, and I agree with that. And so, it's important for caregivers to really focus on the on their self-care, their own health and well-being as well. Um, if you're so concentrated on one task, being meaning your whole focus is on the patient and not yourself, you're you're only being a, detriment, a detriment to your own health and your own mental your own uh, uh, mental health as well. So take time for yourself, in all honesty. And so number four, caregiver. Caregiver burnout is often caused by stress, but it can have dangerous consequences. Um, it's also backed up with the <clears throat> with the details of a uh, caregiver caregiver burnout happens when you are in a state of stress or distress for a prolonged period of time. Caregiver stress and burnout can affect your mood um, and make you feel tense, angry, anxious, depressed, irritable. Frustrated or fearful. It can make you feel out of control, unable to focus, unsatisfied with work, or lonely. Caregiver stress and burnout can also cause physical symptoms like sleep problems, muscle tension, particularly in the back, shoulder, or neck pain, headaches, stomach problems, weight gain or weight loss, fatigue, chest pains, heart problems, hair loss. Skin problems, or cold, or colds, and infections. It can lead to. It can also lead to alcohol abuse or other substances. And so, 
Uh, yeah. So I totally agree with this. And so, um, as I mentioned before, and like I always, I do my best to take time for self care, and um, and uh, I pray, you know. So I have my beliefs, and so and then I pray, and so that's what helps center my day and center um my mentality, and so. That's something I make it a point to do every day. So, Number five, a lack of resources can also contribute to caregiver burnout. Many caregivers become frustrated by their lack of resources and the skills to effectively plan, manage, and organize their loved one's care. And so I hold that, well, this would be true if, um, depending what state you want, you're in, um, you're often given two choices when um when um, um entering the process of being a primary caregiver caregiver especially when um if you're looking to be compensated for it or pay, be paid for it um one option is um like I said depending on what state you're in um and what programs are available one option is the option I went with is to be employed uh by a local nursing agency I was home health certified uh, in two weeks I say two weeks because that's how long it took because they have a course uh, um, a CNA course that allows uh, people to take um, a two week course and then you take a test to be certified and that's the route I went and there is a cost to it, and I just said, would you be able to deduct it from my first paycheck? And so they were able to do that. And <clears throat> so that's the first option. Second option is to <clears throat> go through the paperwork and with your human res- local human resources um, department and the amount of paperwork that you feel it's it could be overwhelming for a person unless you have help. But yes, um, instead of going to the nursing agency, you would you would go through that and be uh, be paid by, I guess, a government agency that 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 the Department of Human Services uh, refers you to. So, and uh, I heard that that takes longer. Um, that's a longer process. So, so, as opposed to the first option that I mentioned. So, uh, that's something to be aware of. So, and so, and I could be wrong too. And there might be more than two options. Uh, depending on where you live, I would urge you to, to research it yourself. Okay, number six. Juggling multiple roles adds to... Okay, I know I'm reading it slow, but... Uh, let me just repeat it again uh, so that I don't feel like I'm I don't present myself as a slow reader slow reader so number six juggling multiple roles adds to caregiver fatigue yeah so um, you try to multitask a lot of things you're you're bound to forget something and so it's best just to take one task at a time or just make a list Make sure you have a checklist of what needs to be done so you can be reminded and know that you have a 
at least a sense of accomplishment of what needs to be done. And I find that for myself, it I can't always rely on my on my memory to really uh, you know, ref, refer back or or recall the tasks I need that that need to be done. So whether it's for myself or for around the house or for for my father. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, seven. Conflicting emotions can be difficult for caregivers to cope with. And, and it says that caregivers comes with a whole host of conflicting emotions. Uh, self, self-doubt might be at the top of the list. And you always question yourself, like, um, are you making the right decisions? Are you following, following the, doc- the doctor's instructions correctly? When you cannot fix the unfixable, you may... You may become frustrated. You grieve as you bear witness to a loved one's decline. You grieve for the life you no longer, you are no longer, well, I'm sorry. You grieve for the life you are no longer living. Guilt follows hard on the heels of anger and resentment. Okay, so I can, I can if, if it's not, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm trying to talk clearly and still getting used to this bridge that's on, in my mouth. Okay. I can empathize, empathize, and relate to this wholeheartedly. Um, so w- when I moved back uh, to take on being a caregiver, I knew my social life was drastically going to change, and it did. And so, uh, people I used to see, I don't see as much anymore, and. I feel bad because I feel like um um at one point these these people were I would consider them to be in my inner circle of friends that I could depend on, you know, just to you know, just to hang out or have grab bite to eat or whatnot, you know, it's just someone who people who you could count on to be available for you. You know, so but I the more I thought about it, it's like, you know what? It's just like I, I came to a conclusion later on in life and said like pe- you know you're not you're not entitled to people's time and and so and you're not in people you're not entitled to their lives as well so um I'm more the viewpoint is that of that of the of uh being grateful and appreciative to those who are still in my life uh because for the most part most people, most of my friends do understand my lifestyle and where I'm at, my situation. And maybe at times they might feel guilty for, for maybe taking away, taking me away from my father as he may, may, may need care. And so, but I always express to them, you know what? Just, you know, just because I'm doing this doesn't mean you guys, um, you don't have to stop asking me if I want to hang out or not, or if you want to spend time or not. Just ask me, and then I, you get a clear yes or no from me. That simple. But I guess along along those lines, they they may feel as you know what. Um, you know, it's just like they may get the impression that I'm uh, it's like I my focus is with my dad, and so they don't want to bother me and whatnot. So, but I can understand that too. So, but. And I don't hold, 
And I was like, I don't hold him to that. I don't fault him for that. I'm not, there's no ill will for that. So, but, and like I mentioned, I, I'm still grateful and appreciative towards the friends that I still in my life. And I'm still fortunate enough to have close relationships with. And so, you know, because, and so like, because I do have a support system, and you know, so, and, and I'm very appreciative of that. And so, I have people that check up on me. They check on my mental health and my mental state as well. So I'm very appreciative of that. You know, so people always, I mean, it's just, I gave you an example. Like some of my friends at times was like, man, you're so strong, dude. It's so inspirational to do this, to put your life on hold. And they were just, they were being honest. It's like, you're really putting your life on hold, you know? So, and in order to do this for your father, it's like, I mean, to a certain extent, I do agree with that. And so, and, but for me to be considered strong or inspirational is just something that, uh, it's just like, it was a no brainer as far as this, to, this, to accept the responsibility to be the caregiver. For me, it was a no brainer. And so, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, um, um, so, yeah, conflicting emotions when doing this. I do have conflicting emotions, you know. So it's just like, um, I don't hold any resentment towards my father. I don't hold any gangers to him. I mean, it's just like, it's just like, it's not like he's not like, it's not as he wished for the disease to happen to him, you know. And so, you know, who in the right mind would do that, you know? What I'm saying so. Unfortunately, my father was um, going through a divorce. Um, when all this transpired and, and there's no way that he could be able to take care of himself. So, so yeah, the gist of it was, yeah, I, I stepped in. I made the decision to step in. No one forced me. No one forced my hand. It was just what it was. And I bear the, is the burden I bear and I continue to bear. So, uh, last point. If you are an overachiever or a perfectionist, you are more likely to experience caregiver burnout. Those or those with already high-strung or overachieving personalities, and those caring for an individual with cognitive with cognitive or progressive disease like AOS, dementia, Parkinson's, or Alzheimer's, may experience amplified amplified levels of stress associated with the lack of control and frustration. Um, I don't consider myself to be a perfectionist or an overachiever, but I, I, uh, yeah, it's another point I can empathize with and, and, and somewhat relate to, because, you know, that's not a part of my personality traits as far as being overachieving or, or a perfectionist. It's just so, um, but when you're used to a certain amount of control of your life, um, and you lose that control, there does, yes, the frustration does settle in. And so, and I can understand that, that aspect of, of, of that point as well. So, yeah. So that's something you have to consider as well. There are a lot of things you had that you learned over life that fit, that, um, that's been a part of your coping mechanisms or your survivor skills or your, um, um, 
you at times will have to unlearn <coughs> unlearn these traits to serve the betterment of those you're taking care of. And so because your personality traits of being overachieving or being a perfectionist is not going to work or it's not going to bode well for you or for the, for your patient. Um, because it's not about you. You know, it, you, t- you take on the burden of uh, caring for another person. It is about them first and foremost. First and foremost, you know. So, so these are things we have to consider. You know, there are things you may have to unlearn, and and so and that's just something to to consider if you're ever in this position. So, uh, so with that said, and. Oh, this is the first time I've gone over uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> the 15-minute threshold I set for myself for these caregiver series. And so, um, if you made it this far, I thank you. And before I end, I will... Um, I will uh, verbally um, share with you where I got this um, this list from, or this um, this article. It's called Tips for Avoiding, um, I'm sorry, Tips for Avoiding Caregiver Burnouts. And so, uh, the webpage is off of uh, caregiverhomes.com. So, or to be specific, um, blog.caregiverhomes.com. And then look for the article, article that says Tips for Avoiding caregiver burnout and so and then I thought it was a something that um, as, as far as tips and and what to expect what to expre- uh, expect uh, I thought it was a good layout and so and so yeah um, what I failed to mention that there's 52 tips <laughs> in this, so I only went through eight, and so I didn't want to go through the whole gamut of all all fifty two tips. But I I encourage you to research all fifty two tips if you're willing to read through this, um, because um, um, there are some expert tips and quotes from uh, medical professionals, and 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 that uh, I think that it'll, it'll serve the purpose of a of helping those who may be in the position where they're taking care of a loved one or if they're expecting to do so in the near future. So, yeah. So, these tips are to help you recognize and uh, prevent and hopefully overcome the stresses, the fatigues, and the burnout of of being a caregiver. So, yeah. And if you made, as I said, if you made it this far, I, I thank you for, for bearing with me and, and listening to this. So, and, and so with that being said, uh, I hope you all are, oh, <laughs> oh I got it. So now my, now my mouth is parched. So uh, give me a moment as I um, chug this water. So, <clears throat> all right. So I'll end it right here and. And until next time, I'll talk to y'all later, or I hope you listen in to the next one. So, all right. Thank you. Bye.